Hello, everyone, okay. and welcome to the second episode of That Creep Podcast. I'm joined by my friend Berg again, and we're going to talk about three disturbing things that we found across the internet. So we're thinking we're going to start with the volcano thing, because to me, at least, it was one of the most interesting ones. I don't know if you agree, but... I yeah, I haven't, I haven't read too much into it, so I'm hoping you can kind of fill me in. But uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely looks really interesting. Based on the first like paragraph of the article you sent me, I think, I think it's, it's quite the adventure. It yeah. sounds like it, anyways. We'll blag it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it was. I think it was essentially a it, almost arrogance is what caused the disaster to happen, like stubbornness on the part of the scientist. It was hmm. there was at the time which was 1991, there was a volcano called Galeris, I think it was, in Colombia, which hadn't erupted for a very long time, and it did. But they, um, there's one scientist, I can't think of his name, it was, uh, did you see about um, Bernard, I think Bernard Schuetz? He had like a, a method that was to do with um one or two is seismology so obviously like you you can detect as um like where the magma is as it gets close to the surface of the volcano which means it's mm. close to erupting and there was another guy called stanley williams and he believed yeah. that um he, he was pretty much more of a hands-on sort of one so he thought you had to pretty much go into like the like volcano like essentially like right on the rim of it and get uh, gas measurements and I think the volcanoes emit more sulfur dioxide is when the magma is close to the surface, when it comes out of different like pockets. So he he uh, believed that obviously that magma is to the surface. Yeah. They, I don't really know if they saw eye to eye on this sort of thing. It seemed to me that he was pretty stubborn, to be honest, and didn't really want to believe uh, Bernard Schuert's method. All right. So he wanted to go in and prove it, pr prove him wrong, you think, or just. I think so. It was like the two biggest methods at the time. And I think Bernard Schuert's had a bit more credit. It seemed to me, from what I've seen, than Stanley Williams, although both methods were being used. I think if they just used both of them at the time, it, this wouldn't have happened. But it was a. So I think we should probably start with, it was, I think in 1991, Galeris was showing signs of activity and groups of volcanologists, they pretty much just fled to Colombia to study it. Um, so obviously there was gas being admitted and that meant that the volcano was active pretty much. And there's things called lava domes, which is a good sign that there's going to be an eruption. That's pretty much where magma breaks through to the surface pretty much. And there's like a, dome of lava so if this the lava breaks this dome i think there's less chance than, like, of an eruption happening but if it doesn't and it like seals over then there's pretty much like uh it built up pressure and stuff and then that's like there's an imminent eruption pretty much so that's how they happen when it's like that so obviously it did erupt pretty much and um obviously that that's when uh <clears throat> i believe that was that was 1991 that happened because they all went back, I think, six months after, I believe it was. I think it was around that time after the eruption <clears throat> was the, like, ideal time to, like, study it. So I think 50 scientists gathered in Pasto, which is in Colombia. And... Uh,
Williams decided and it wouldn't erupt. He claimed to like people that he was actually going to do this. And obviously uh, people at the time were like, you know, thinking this isn't a good idea because he wanted to literally get people like a group of people, I think about 16 people, I think it was about, and he wanted to uh, get them to the rim of the volcano and study it obviously. But I mean, that's probably not the best idea, is it? It's just erupted. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so he did actually take a group of people and although it was active, <clears throat> obviously he didn't think it would erupt. And he claimed that the crater was, uh, pretty much inactive at this point because it uh the gas emissions thing that he believed because he went to the top before like and pre-did all these gas uh test things and said like the gas emissions are low there's no need to worry anymore like it's not going to erupt although at the time the other method the uh seismograph method showed that it was going to be active again soon so they these two methods at the time contradicted each other which should have been a good sign to me at least that don't go because if there's two methods contradicting each other you know this yeah it's probably not a good idea if there's any sign of uh this might not be a good idea i think i'd be i'd nope out of there because i I don't you know an active volcano six months ago i don't know if i want to be a part of that exactly yeah i I surprised he got 16 people to to volunteer yeah i'm I'm guessing around his team so they probably got paid but yeah i mean it's i think it was uh so it was, a, it was on january 14th 1993 the uh stanley williams he is a actually a professor of ge- geology i think at arizona state university and right. there was a group of 16 people he was obviously the leader of them there were 13 scientists and engineers mm. obviously himself included three and three tourists who i guess would have known the area i guess to help them out and oh, they yeah. uh they went to three the tourists. Uh, yeah, they said free tourists. That's what I read. I mean, that's really weird. That's what I thought like but, tourists of all people. Like was, they must have had some, you know, help. I don't see why they just. I, I'd them. say so. Yeah, it was it. Yeah, him, thirteen scientists, and then just three tourists. Three tourists. Three people he found <laughs> along the way. Yeah, three people who just were going up anyways. <laughs> it's a very, random, very random group of people. I know it's it's just mental that like three randomers would like to come like when you think they're actually studying I mean, yeah. they must have helped them in some way it can't just be like three little scragglies if i'm on the way it could be. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it is bizarre bizarre inclusion no matter, no matter what that's yeah just three tours i mean yeah i mean that's that's a crazy trip if, if that's what they did on their trip i mean that's do you reckon you would have gone or not if he asked me he must have been good at convincing people if he got 13 scientists and i mean, I'm 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 sure sure getting getting yeah, I mean, if they, they they wanted to see the results, I guess maybe I'd be yeah. the same. Maybe I'd, tr- I'd trust it, stand, stand, you know, stand the man. So, <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah, you were the first on his list, so I'm surprised you didn't get the call. But yeah, I know he just kind of he benched me for some reason, but I, I, <laughs> I, I'm glad, anyways. I was minus three. He just, he just, yeah, he wasn't into it in that, back in 1993. He just, yeah, he won his plus one. Yeah, he wasn't giving me the time of day. <laughs> I think they after that they uh obviously they went to the crater at the summit that and I think that was I think they left at around nine in the morning and it was about nine thousand feet I think and uh, they worked there for about four hours until about half one p.m. and they heard like no it's just like randomly they started hearing rocks falling from the volcano like in the space like thirty seconds I think about four rocks they heard falling and then they one of them the uh, scientists turned to that 
uh, Stanley Williams and said like, like this is doesn't seem right. And then apparently, as he said that, the volcano erupted. And I mean, that's pretty scary, isn't it? Like literally, yeah. on the edge of there's literally a few there's videos of this online too. They're literally on the rim of the volcano, like they're right next to it. Like they're not even like wow. a bit further down it. They are like on it pretty much. And um, there's footage of them, like, obviously they're, they're filming it as they're going up it and stuff and that sort of thing. And it's just like, everything's grey. So there's no way that you'd be able to dodge things either. It's like, yeah, like, I can see his point where, like, I think this volcano hadn't erupted in, I could be wrong here, but I think it hadn't, it erupted about 30 times in 500 years. And if it just erupted six months ago, like, you're thinking it's probably not going to. Yeah, statistically, you're you're probably in the clear, but yeah, Jesus, that's very unlucky. Yeah, because they went up at nine a.m. and it it started erupting at like two p.m. Yeah, one thirty p.m. So, I mean, that's just, just bad timing. Five hour space as well. Yeah. The yeah. If they went the next yeah. day, they it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So they um, I think there was rocks the size of small cars and fridges being thrown in the air, obviously, and um one of the tourists was hit by a, like a massive rock and one of these scientists describes it as like a fence post being hit into the ground like there's no way to like, survive it so obviously they, they died um yeah. one of the scientists saw someone like i think it was actually stan was on the like stanley matthew big stan was on the floor screaming and uh his he's like screaming that his leg was broken and severed and that and he wanted to help him out but obviously he was running down the uh the volcano trying to get away from it and he had to leave him because he, he thought like, he pretty much left him to die but it turned oh, yeah. out he didn't die he actually survived somehow so one of the scientists stan was on stan was on the ground and then one of the scientists ran down and just had to run past him because he was like he running for his life yeah he he didn't think he was gonna make it because he was like so like worn out and like in shock pretty much that he thought he just left him for dead pretty much he couldn't like he wouldn't be able to pick him up pretty much oh yeah so I think there was, um, I think it was Andrew McFarlane, I think one of them was called. And mm. he, that was the one who ran past uh, Stanley, I think. And uh, he uh, he was found at the uh, the bottom of the crater later on in shock with a fractured skull and everything. And, alive. Uh, yeah, he was alive. But like, there's a video of it as well. Like he's like, he's all, like if he was left any longer, he probably wouldn't be. Like he was yeah. in a really bad way. Uh, so he he broke really, his legs and his skull, and he, but like I think fell he, down the mountain. Oh no! I believe that Stanley Williams uh, broke his legs, and Stan um, Andrew McFarlane uh, fractured his skull, and he was in shock. Oh, two. Oh, sorry, two different people. All right. Yeah, okay. yeah. He was one of the scientists. But they both survived. Oh uh, yeah, though I think they may have been the only two who did. I'm not. Oh, I believe they were. And uh, nine others died, so maybe one more survived. How many people were there? 16, mm. so those, maybe one more survived. Nine people died in the explosion, so maybe four. Oh, yeah, there's so the 16 uh, people who went up. Yeah, there was an engineer who died in the blast just because of the intensity, and apparently there was nothing left but like a blackened, lacerated head and torso. There was yeah. a scientist from another part of Colombia called uh, Nestor Garcia and uh, another Russian volcanologist and another, I think there were two Russians and they were 
actually in the crater at the time of the eruption. So they was literally inside where the crater was as it erupted, and they were instantly wow. turned to gas, and there was no trace of them ever found. Jesus, it, it is. It is actually. Um, I kind of find it crazy because it says like, so nine people died, and then but sixteen went up. So there's like seven who survived. Yeah, I actually think that that's actually that's actually a higher number than I would have thought for like a, a volcanic eruption like in a volcano. Yeah, that's me too. To be honest, like, I think some of them are actually in the volcano as it erupted, literally in the crater. Yeah. That's mental. It is bizarre. Jeez. There was uh, another scientist as well, and three tourists that were burned or bombed to death by the rocks that were apparently going at the velocity of bullets. So that's what killed them. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So that was, I mean, it's just like I didn't know anything like this had even happened. Yeah it's surprising to me like I, I can't even imagine like when they started to realize that something was going to happen i don't see i suppose they didn't have much time between it but they must have been getting some sure they must have used this seismograph thing as well as like i don't see why they couldn't have used both methods like why it was just one method being used and not the the other one yeah like the trip wasn't really necessary i don't think <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a necessary trip like i think it had been a very important thing but I think maybe it should have been done more carefully. Like I, I think after this, uh, that Stanley Williams was held as like a hero. But I think now people are starting to realize he pretty much led people to his death. Oh, because he survived, so no, he came like, back and he was, uh, he was like heroic. He was, yeah, he was revered as like a hero for it. And then now I think now people are starting to realize like he pretty much led all these people to death. Oh, so like, the the story's kind of changed a bit now. Yeah, people sort of uh, starting to, you know, think he's a bit, you know. I'm surprised I've never heard of Stanley Williams. Uh, yeah, me too. I just, well, I typed him in just there, and uh, the first that came up was an American gangster, so I don't think that's him. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. after an early leader of the Crips, so I don't know if he <laughs> if he went from the geologist to the the Crips, but that was the week after. Yeah, he went straight to the Crips. <laughs> yeah. Stanley Toki Williams. That's it. <laughs> All right, that's probably the wrong one, but uh, we talking about that's the right one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's it, definitely. He's had me, quite the life. Yeah, the crypts took me completely his luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he came back a hero to the crypts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it must have been obviously. I mean, it would be, but the people that were inside the volcano, it must have been instant. Like yeah, uh, I mean, it's it was probably a better way to go than the way the tourists went. I mean, seeing as they they basically got shot by like the volcanic yeah. ash, or especially the person who was hit on the head by like a piece of size of fridge, like and just got like yeah. jammed into the ground. Like that's got to be on the worst that's ways. Way yeah, definitely, that's a bad way to go. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I'd I'd want to go go out like the uh, the two scientists in the crater. Yeah, it would be the quickest way to go, wouldn't it? It'd just be... Would it be... Do you reckon it was steam that killed them, or would it be... Well, I guess, yeah, what what would happen before the eruption? Would be the steam, such yeah. a, just an eruption. But even the steam in that would, would probably kill them. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're probably just vaporized, pretty much. Yeah, I'd say so. I don't know the logistics of like how volcanic eruptions work, because I wasn't very good at geography in school, but like <laughs> I, I'm assuming there's... I'm so I'm assuming like there's like it doesn't just erupt like 
with a bunch of lava. I'm assuming it produces some kind of heat and then yeah. it bubbles up and erupts. Yeah, I think it is. The magma slowly uh, breaks through the rock and everything, and then it gets to the point where it can burst through. But then if it seals over and gets hard, then the pressure of all the steam and the heat and everything will cause the eruption to happen, I think. And the seismograph okay. pretty much... Um, do you know like an organ in a church? Like, I think the way the seismograph measures it pretty much is, say, like, if, like, a sound's going through that really long pipe, like, it's the same as the lava. As it's coming up, you can sort of tell where it is by the, uh, like, the vibrations in the thing and the oh, yeah. like, seismic activity with the lava and everything. So you can tell if it's near the top or near the bottom of the volcano from where the seismic, like, activity is happening. I think that's yeah. essentially it. All right. Yeah, that makes that makes a bit of sense. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's... Uh, that's that one, man. Yes. All right, yeah, that was yeah, That's that's very interesting. That's uh, well, I guess it's good that people are taking the Stanley Williams being a hero with a bit of with a grain of salt. I mean, he did go through a lot, but that's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, it is. He couldn't walk maybe. for two years afterwards. I mean, he's gone through a lot, but I know he didn't yeah. mean badly. But I feel like it could have been done in a much better way. I don't see why the two scientific methods had to be like against each other. If you know what I mean, like I don't understand why they couldn't yeah. have just taken both into account yeah it is yeah in the pursuit of the pursuit of science exactly i mean like i just i couldn't figure out when i was uh reading all this stuff like if like you look at the size that seismograph and then you've seen your results and they're like contradicting nip back next week do you know what i mean like yeah, see if yeah. it's any better next week like i don't yeah don't go on the day just maybe yeah, in this it seemed bizarre to go on the day i was definitely yeah, I can I can see it was definitely unprepared. And also the random inclusion of the three tours seemed like it was just like a school trip or something. It was like a just yeah. a, going I mean, for the buzz. You know, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, we could be wrong with that bit. And they could actually have had some part in, you know, helping them to ascend the volcano maybe or something. But it just seemed like they were there for the for the crack, really. They weren't really there for any real reason yeah. from what I've read. Yeah, it just yeah, it, it seems like their yeah, inclusion wasn't. It wasn't that necessary but yeah it is a, it is a it's a pretty uh it's a pretty sad story but you know it's you know it's it's yeah yeah i don't really don't really have a conclusion to it but yeah me neither i mean it's yeah. just uh, one of them tragedies that's just i think yeah. an unnecessary one personally but yeah definitely interesting to read about though i've never i've never heard about it before you told yeah, me definitely is yeah and there's videos of it online and everything like and if you watch it you can tell like they're in a bad way afterwards oh yeah and hopefully other other scientists learn from the uh this mistake yeah like, i hope so i mean I yeah. apparently there's so a lot of volcanoes around that area so i mean there's the likelihood of one erupting i guess would probably be more likely in that sort of area so hopefully they yeah take it into a bit more of consideration next time yeah take a bit of take a bit of caution yeah so the next one did you want to do the uh the plane one? Oh yeah yeah that sounds interesting. That one was pretty. There's another one that I there's another one that I hadn't really heard about either, and uh, I was I was more surprised that I hadn't heard about this because this is well, recent, I had kind of like, recent. yeah, I had kind of heard about it, but not in the. I hadn't read into it further, and now that I have, I'm I'm it's it's a really creepy idea. It, it sounds is. like um, it sounds like a horror movie that wouldn't do that well, but. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good idea but, but yeah, yeah it is it is definitely it's really weird yeah but yeah i'm interested it, in hearing more 
Yeah, it was uh, it, well, it was the Helios Airways flight 522, wasn't it? And mm. it was a scheduled passenger flight from Cyprus to Athens in Greece. So it's not like a long flight or anything. And yeah. it essentially just crashed on the 14th of August 2005, killing 121 passengers and the crew on board. So that, like, obviously, people would think, like, why did that happen? So yeah. we might as well go from the start, I suppose, of all of it. So it was from, obviously, I said Cyprus to Athens. It took off, as expected, at around 9 a.m. in the morning. Hmm. Then three minutes after it took off, the captain reported a pull-in system full, and it was only minor. So they were told like, just to go ahead to the cruising altitude, which was actually going to be the last communication they would have with them. Oh. And I think even after the communication was lost, I don't think it was kept like under wraps because I could be wrong with this, but I think it was actually on the news whilst it was still in the air. So like it was being broadcast on the news while this is all happening. So it was oh, pretty yeah. mental. And the plane was on autopilot for a, a while, a long while, I think around two hours, and it just circled over Athens. And did, can you hear that? Yeah. Jesus Christ, I heard of seagulls just gone mental over my house. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> that was the end for us. I thought we had stuck too far. <laughs> we were doing a bit too much research there. I think we, uh, we've accidentally found them. They're on to us. <laughs> so, where was that anyway? Oh, yeah, a plane circled. Over. Still going. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, the, uh, the plane circled over Athens and obviously at the time they didn't know what was happening because there was no communication so they weren't sure whether it was a terrorist attack so they decided to send up two fighter jets to intercept it mm. and they reported back that the passengers were all wearing oxygen masks and the co-pilot was slumped on his controls and there was yeah. someone struggling with the controls like as well like obviously the pilot so they but they couldn't see who that was so they thought the plane was hijacked so they yeah. had around 15 seconds to decide whether to shoot it down and kill all the people on board or just let the plane run out of fuel and head towards the mountains, which is literally what happened. Like, they wasn't sure what was going on. But they, they literally thought that it was a hijacking, like a 9-11 sort of hijacking. They yeah. thought that was what it was. But they was I think they were probably more likely to shoot it down to not run the risk. But then, obviously, the plane just ran out of fuel and then headed towards the mountains and crashed. Yeah. And... Uh, Apparently, passengers um, on like normal airplanes at the uh, equivalent of around eight thousand feet, you're taking like the oxygen of like what you would like say at, um, at thirty thousand feet. You're taking the amount of oxygen that you would at eight thousand feet. I think I've said that right. Oh right, yeah. So yeah, thirty thousand feet. Awesome. You're taking oxygen that like the amount like it's the equivalent of eight thousand feet where it's pressurized inside. Oh yeah. Couldn't avoid that. I couldn't I mean, make it any more tricky. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened there so um they they basically said that none of the passengers died like before the like the crash happened so there was no asphyxiation or anything however at seven thousand feet there was a warning light that indicated a problem with the calling system then at ten thousand feet the flight recorder indicated a warning hole or something that means there's a loss of cabin pressure then at 14,000 feet, oxygen masks were deployed throughout the plane. And I think that that might be an automated thing. I don't know if they do that in the cockpit. I think maybe 
that just happens when there's a, a, a pressure goes down to a certain point. Yeah, I'm right. So uh, yeah, obviously the I believe what happened was there was a loss of cabin pressurization and it incapacitated the crew pretty much. So it left the mm. aircraft flying on autopilot until it ran out of fuel and then descended into the ground uh, in like an outskirt of Athens in Greece, which is crazy. I mean, oh, so okay. it's like the okay. ghost plane because the people, I guess the passengers didn't really know anything was happening, but it was on autopilot for ages. And then it was circling around for like two hours until it ran out of fuel. And I guess the crew must have just passed out from the, the uh, pressure going. Yeah. I'd say probably the, uh, a lot of the passengers did as well then, if, if if the crew were gone. Apparently not, because they had their oxygen masks. So I think apparently they think that the people only died, like the uh, the passengers only died on impact. Oh right! Oh wow! That's really creepy. Yeah, that's what I mean. So that the plane was flying, but there was nobody flying it pretty much. And I think the autopilot turned off or something. Or I'm not sure whether the maybe the crew did, maybe probably decided to land, try and land it, like emergency land it, or if they, it just happened with the plane. But it went to manual for a little bit, and that's when it crashed when it went off autopilot. But it oh, yeah. lost fuel. So yeah, I think it was the loss of fuel that caused it was the, the uh, crash. Yeah, the first article I went on after you after you linked it to me um, described it as a flying tomb, and I thought that was like the creepiest description oh, possible for, for what really it was. Yeah, because it just was so. Uh, it was just like that's basically what it was like. Just a, it was like purgatory or something, just waiting for death or just waiting for like yeah, literally like, like it was going to happen. Like there's no nothing they could have done. Yeah, I'd say a lot of them realized it as well. Probably when after like an oh, hour, wow, but I guess. Yeah. I guess if it was just flying around, maybe you just and there was no communication. Maybe they just thought that you know they're they're flying to safety. But yeah, yeah it's kind maybe. of a it is a bizarre story. I, yeah, you you hear about like planes like disappearing and crashing and stuff like that, but the way this pl plane crashed was really bizarre. Like it didn't. I haven't heard many stories like this where it just it it didn't. It just flew for two hours on autopilot and then crashed. It crashed here when it lost fuel. It's, and I didn't realize this, but I was watching a documentary earlier about this. And the pressurization thing on those planes, like I thought it'd be some like high tech thing. From what I can tell, it's literally just at the back of the plane, a little hatch opens, lets air in, then the hatch closes when it's at the right pressure. Like, really? It's literally like that basic, like rudimentary sort of stuff. It's wow. not even. That is, oh Jesus! I don't that's know if that's still practiced. I mean, it's pretty creepy if it is, but like, I thought it'd yeah, be I mean, like high tech sort of equipment. Literally, just a hatch opens and closes. This was two thousand five, was it? Yes. So about twelve years. Maybe there's an updated system, but that I mean, that's not too long in like the world no, of aviation. Maybe apparently maybe the plane was pretty modern too, but it already had proper. Uh, yeah, I think actually, yeah, that uh, plane had a uh, an emergency landing before that because of pressurization issues. And I guess I can't oh, yeah. even sort it out, <clears throat> which is that's bad. Yeah, that's bizarre. That's really bad, isn't it? Yeah, that's crazy. And it's a Boeing seven three seven as well. So, I mean, it's a huge plane. You think that it have nineteen ninety eight the plane? So it's not an, exactly. It's not a new plane by any means. But at the time, it was like seven years old. It's not even an old plane for the time. Yeah, that's really <clears> weird. <throat> that's yeah. that's a pretty uh, that's pretty creepy, especially because everyone's like flying the. <clears throat> safest way to travel 
yeah of course we're, there's not i guess if it's like happening in the copy there's nothing the pilots can do it really is there like because yeah. Yeah, apparently uh it will cause hypoxia i believe it is and uh it causes you to be like sluggish in your thinking have dimmed vision loss of consciousness and ultimately from that you die but like i yeah. guess even if half of those things happens it's you're in big trouble yeah i'd say so yeah i mean just i mean like you'd want to be really i mean autopilot can only get you so far it's weird that um autopilot wasn't configured yeah is there like a, is there like an autopilot like you can configure the autopilot to just go to a safe place i'm not sure i mean maybe that's been implemented now but i'm not sure yeah because that's that's surprising that it just i guess like autopilot means just flying straight mm -hmm. but like or I was, maybe i was uh, surprised just keeping the uh, that, uh altitude maybe yeah yeah i was surprised though that uh they had no they have no systems in place to avoid objects or not make a crash landing because i think like tesla can do that now i know cars and planes are different but i think tesla can like avoid and like google smart car and stuff like that can do that now so they have really? that technology now yeah now yeah like the way they can have, yeah they can avoid uh like they can stop at red lights and avoid other obstacles so i think if they could implement that technology into aviation again don't really know what i'm talking about but <laughs> hopefully it's surprised a me. good solution <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> gonna do a double here but uh, i think you know like if they could implement that technology into aviation maybe they could avoid things like that because yeah. i'm surprised the autopilot couldn't just take them down or something like that or, or even attempt an emergency landing or or fly into like a, a river like that guy did in yeah that, in, New in York. america yeah in america yeah Oh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's bizarre. That'd be, a, that'd be a tough way to go. These are yeah, two tough ways to go so far. Yeah, I mean, the, the last one's even worse. I'd say plane crash is the worst for me. That's the worst way to go, I think, in my opinion. Just yeah. knowing, just like knowing you're going down, you're, you're just done for. Yeah, it will be it will be a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could just stay optimistic, and then that would also kind of be like an instant. I imagine if they crash into a hill, so maybe yeah. maybe there was a few optimists there. But yeah, again, yeah, it's another it's another sad one. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, I was just surprised that at seven thousand feet, when the warning light was indicating a problem with the cooling system, that they weren't just told, you know, it's not that high. I'd like maybe just turn back around, land, sort it out. You know, yeah, like, yeah. It just surprised me that and after ten thousand feet they had another problem and they were told just to go to thirty-four thousand feet, which like the cruising altitude from. I mean, it just surprised me that they weren't told to turn around at any point, given that there was a prior history of like pressurization problems with that that exact plane. You just I Yeah, mean, that's that is true actually. Yeah, I mean they had like two problems by the time they weren't even halfway there, so it's like Yeah. They they could have. It's like they got halfway there and they could have just kept going or went back, but they made the run. Yeah, I guess just another lack of preparation. Like it's kind of a. It's yeah. they seem like such simple mistakes as well, but then like. Yeah, the consequences one, are so dire. Yeah, and the um, the pilot studied in Brighton for three years apparently in England, so I mean, oh, I'm yeah. just like throwing that. I mean, that surprised me too. Yeah, yeah, that is that is surprising. Yeah, so uh, should we go on to the final one then? Yeah, this one I'm interested in as well. This is me this too. is definitely the least. This is definitely the most foreign one to me because I, I definitely haven't heard of this one. No, I I still don't 
understand like all the mechanics of what they had to do but i know what has happened i just i find it difficult to understand why they're doing certain things at certain times but obviously yeah don't yeah the, i haven't found too many sources about it but i mean they have like a wikipedia page and stuff but they they are everything is a little vague but yeah, yeah i think i think yeah it is it's still interesting though yeah i believe it happened on the 5th of november 1983 at 4 a.m and mm. they were drilling in the frig gas field that is in norway in the north sea so there were i think four divers inside of a decompression chamber system that's attacked by attached by a trunk apparently i don't necessarily know what that means i think it's like a short kind of like passageway sort of thing like a little tunnel sort of thing and uh <clears throat> there was a and it led to a diving bell that was on a rig so uh mm. And they were being assisted by two two other people. I think dive tenders. I think they're called. But all right. As a result of this, as you know, four people died, and it was a pretty bad way to go. I think. Yeah. So, um, I think that what they were meant to do was close something called the bell door. Then the diving supervisor would slightly increase the pressure of the bell to seal the door, like so it's completely shut and uh then after that they would have to close the door between what was the trunk and the first chamber so the passageway i think from the between the first uh -huh. chamber and the trunk then they had to gradually depressurize the trunk to one atmosphere and then mm -hmm. after that they had to open a clamp to separate the bell from the chamber chamber system I mean, that's what, this is the sort of stuff I, I don't get the ins and outs of why they're doing all this stuff. I just know what they've done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, for some reason, after the first two steps were finished, and they still weren't sure of this, I believe, one of the tenders, uh, tenders called Cramond, I think it must have been his surname, uh, he opened the clamp before the, uh, the fourth diver could close the door to the chamber. So that pretty much ended up in there being an explosive decompression i believe it's called of the unsealed yeah. chamber so pretty much all the air rushed out of the chamber with like immense force and it lodged the interior trunk door and it pushed the bell away striking two of the tenders and then the tender who opened the clamp was killed pretty much and the other one was severely injured so <clears throat> pretty much i i think after one of the divers was shot out through a a really small jammed hatch door and he, mm. you've seen the pitch i mean the pitch online he was just ripped to bits like yeah i mean once again and we said this in the last one and everyone went in search of the image so there's no point saying don't go and <laughs> <check it." laughs> yeah yeah every week every week you're sending me pictures of mangled bodies on twitter i know <laughs> <laughs> pretty much i'm getting used to it now yeah you're getting used to it <laughs> <laughs> Quite I'm the, the weekend image. <laughs> yeah, yeah i get i get worried when i don't when i don't get sent one but yeah that image <laughs> again was hard to that image again was kind of hard to watch it's hard to look at as well it's like it doesn't you know they you do get like desensitized to these kind of things but those kind of yeah. like just seeing a body in such a way that it's clearly not supposed to be like that like is so far from what a human body is it wasn't even it's there just, wasn't even recognizable parts like there was you could see a hand in it and some torso and maybe an arm but it was yeah. so bad that you couldn't even make out a body or anything it was apparent i think it was just 
like it i think i've read a fact about this i've got one somewhere about this apparently okay so the 24 inch diameter opening would have an area of 452 square inches so anything blocking that was exposed to a force of approximately 25 tons by the escaping air wow yeah jesus so yeah you, you, to, to cause that effect the pressure would have had to have been immense i mean yeah 25 yeah. tons it's pretty uh it's, uh jesus that's great i mean the um like what i noticed with this one is that like for the first two we were kind of like we were talking about like just lack of preparation and a little bit of uh stubbornness yeah. and stuff like that and kind of things that you know just the people who kind of kept going when they should have stopped but this one this mistake is like the most confusing to me because the guy just he just opened the door basically i believe like, so yeah like and um i think yeah that literally something went wrong for they don't know why i know that actually, there was an investigation years after this and they were they actually did have the wrong equipment i don't know if that has anything to do with that happening but they weren't mm. supplied with the correct equipment for it yeah but it must have either been like a lack of communication or a mistake or something like because that's really bizarre well, yeah, it says they, like yeah open the clamp before the door could be closed but that's like such a yeah it, it that's seems, like such a simple step simple for the yeah, divers to make, should, yeah. A given step that doesn't get but I, I mean it's not an answer to this but they apparently they used to work like 16 hour days so you're going to be very tired and i suppose you could easily make a mistake but a mistake of that magnitude i don't know how that's happened yeah i mean they could be like disoriented because they're doing manual physical labor as well so they're probably very uh i mean 16 hour days when you're doing stuff like that like really kind of like you know i don't know they probably didn't spend their whole days diving or swimming but i mean even like spending yeah. three or four hours doing that in a day i mean it seems like a lot yeah that's true and um i think there's a video on youtube of another like the same thing happening so i think someone accidentally knocked something out of place and the decompression was happening but then obviously there's all panicking and apparently from that video they were 40 seconds away from the same thing happening that happened there so there was obviously all panicking trying oh, right. to get the guy to actually there's like obviously that's just i think it was english people so it might have happened in england but i don't know where but and that, that happened because they dropped something no that's they, they must be i think they was in quite a tight space and someone knocked a lever or something and it must have started to uh decompress the little chamber that was in yeah it's and weird it's like, that like, it's like uh, a hissing noise and loads of smoke starts going in and they're yeah, apparently just seconds from the same thing happening yeah it's like because like again with the first two it's like the first two they like went too far they were kind of unprepared a little bit stubborn but this one it's just one mistake and then everything just happened and like with the one you just described that's just one mistake it's just yeah. one step away so it's, it seems like a really dodgy job whatever i mean yeah, like, i don't know the specifics of this job but whatever it is i'm i'm all right with it like like i don't really want to I, I wouldn't go for an interview <laughs> it just seems very <laughs> It just seems very, I don't know, like... Again, I'm surprised you haven't been asked. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. I mean, they, well, they call up a couple of times, but I'm like, nah, hey, I'm fine. I'm, just put know, I'll just down. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, put the phone on, I'm fine. <laughs> don't want to swim for seven hours a day. But yeah, no, that is bizarre. It's really yeah. weird that uh, it could be one mistake away, and they haven't fixed that either. Like, well, maybe they have now, but that seems really strange. It's Yeah, it's just mental. I, I think um, there are different body parts found, like, ridiculously far away from where this happened as well like 
it's just it was just a bad situation all over. I think I've got a bit here actually about that. It oh, says yeah. subsequent investigation by a forensic pathologist determined die before being exposed to the highest pressure gradient violently exploded due to the rapid and massive expansion of internal gases. All of his thoracic and abdominal organs and even the thoracic spine were ejected, as were all of his limbs. Simultaneously, his arms were expelled through the narrow trunk opening left by the jam chamber door, less than 60 centimetres, 24 inches in diameter. Fragments of his body were found scattered about the rig. One part was even found lying on the rig's... What's it? I don't know what this means. Lying on the rig's derrick, I don't know what that means. 10 metres or 30 feet directly above the chambers. His death, it says his death was pretty much instantaneous and painless, but that's a bad way to go. Yeah, it's, it's a tough way to go when you, when you can't retrieve the body and stuff like that. That's tough. I mean, when I've read that his thoracic spine was ejected, oh, God. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Jesus. That's got to be. That is oh, definitely wow. the oh, sorry. That's definitely the one I understand the least because I, like, I don't really understand what they were doing but i also don't really understand <laughs> how it happened and then it just resulted in you don't work in all rigs yeah yeah apparently not yeah I'm not, like i don't know the like i know the logistics of a volcano and a plane but then this one is just it's so foreign to me i don't know i don't know what's going on here but then it, to see to see it result in that is like wow jesus that's a lot yeah especially what surprised me the most was that it was um so it went from 10 atmospheres i think it was to one atmosphere like in a split second and was it 25 tons of air trying to escape like that's insane that's an immense amount of pressure oh yeah it's yeah that is ridiculous. mad out of all these three things we've covered what would you say is the worst way to go the worst way to go yeah they're all like they're all like pretty bad for different reasons but uh the, the way the tourists went down on the volcano, I'd say yeah. I'd give it to that because, like, I don't know. Especially when there was, like, seven people survived, so there probably was a chance you could survive and maybe they saw somebody survive. Well, they probably didn't see somebody survive, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I wouldn't like the idea. I, I think I'd like to go out instantly. I wouldn't like to have the hope in my mind that I could survive when I couldn't. No, I suppose the uh, even though it's a horrible way to go, the chamber one would probably be the best of the three awful options <laughs> but yeah i mean because it's instant because instant's not as bad as knowing that something's going to happen like maybe in, in with the plane one especially like say if they actually knew they because they must have seen the fighter jets coming alongside it and known something was awry yeah that's yeah, what that surprised me that one they must have known something was off especially when the things came down as well like the masks they must have known something was bad yeah that would have been pretty tough too actually that that would have been nice yeah yeah, all pretty. I'd say the best way I want to go though is like the, well, not the best way. None of, <laughs> none of best isn't really in this uh, in the vocabulary <laughs> right now. But, but uh, the least worst way would probably be the uh, inside the crater if it did oh, happen yeah, just yeah. instantaneously. Because that's Instantly. like also that's like he died in a crater of a volcano. It's kind of like oh wow, that's like really nobody you ever know is gonna do that like you. So you've you've done that like you know. <laughs> that's like it's like a medal. it'll be talked about forever like you know your friends will be 95 talking about they'll be they'll, they'll, they'll be, be bragging they'll be forgetting their family's names but remembering that you know their their friend died in a volcano crater like because that's yeah. so much more interesting yeah uh, 
So I guess I go like that. I mean, if I, yeah, if best of a bad bunch in it. <laughs> all these are terrible. Yeah, they're not. They're not nice at all. Yeah, very interesting though. Very all very different as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like the last time it was radiation. This time I thought we could do something, you know, a bit different. Yeah, kind of more like uh, like, feels more like geography or you know, yeah, aviation, volcanoes, and water. Do you know we actually had a lot of um, lot of good comments on the, the podcast? Yeah, I did. I actually saw them. Thank you to everyone who commented. By the way, that was that was it's it was very nice. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. I, I was very I was a bit nervous when you uploaded because I was like, it is, it is a different it is a different kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it was great. It was good support. Like I'm I'm looking forward to doing more as well after that. Yeah, me too. I think. I'm going to try and upload it on maybe Spotify or something too, so we can actually put it on different platforms oh, yeah. too. I mean, I I enjoy doing it. I, I honestly just do this podcast for fun. I really enjoy doing it. Yeah, it's really fun just talking about it. Also, I, I, you know, your research really good. Cause like, um, yeah, because, like, I mean, when you sent me the links, I'm like, I, I haven't heard of it, you know. Oh, I haven't heard you. of, like, most of these things. A proper not any, like, so it's really enjoyable talking about them as well. Yeah, I found I found uh, one other thing for the next podcast we do. So I'll send yeah, you that later on. I can imagine you do that in the online kind of creepy world. You see the same. You see the same things. Like, yeah, you see a lot of the same sort of stuff. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah that'd be really interesting. Man. Yeah, if, if people want to see, yeah, more, it's been fun. And obviously, go and subscribe to yeah. the Bucks channel. His links will be in the description. Everything. You know your your local. <laughs> Oil rig. Mm, thanks, man. Good luck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if uh, I don't quit for the oil rig, then I'll yeah. video soon. <laughs> All right, so I'll probably be sending you some pictures of dismembered bodies soon, so they want to look forward to that. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, if you want to see more podcasts, then uh, let us know. And if you want to see on different platforms, then we'll be happy to do that too. All right, I'll see you soon.